welcome to Double Burst, a podcast about Dice Masters. We are a group of Utah players that want to bring you the latest Dice Masters news, strategies, tips, and more. Whether you're a new or seasoned player, we hope this show has something for you. I'm KT Data, one of your hosts, and welcome to episode 29. In this episode, we'll take a look at the Deadpool set and see how it fits into the greater game. We'll discover a hidden gem with the Vibranian Shield and a year-end recap of all the fun things that happened in 2016 in the world of Dice Masters. Before we go and do that, we have a quick rules forum update. Okay, guys, we are finally back with Dr. J, back from his adventures of trying to get a Teddy Ruxpin or something from Black Friday for a niece or something like that. It was a Cabbage Patch Kid. They're, they're all the rave these days. Oh, Everybody yeah. wants a Cabbage Patch Kid. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I knew the Strawberry Shortcake were back with the Funko Pops that actually smell like, oh, yeah? like the characters. Yeah. So. But <laughs> That's if, awesome. Yeah. If you guys know Dr. J's back, that means we have a rules forum update. That's right. Um, we have accurate rules forum updates. Just so we're clear, <laughs> I'm going to get the rules right. Yep, I, I I really do think there's somebody at WizKids that just likes having you on the show and purposely puts out one one one, yeah, one, right? one rules up one there. rule <laughs> just so I can be on the show. Yeah, so this one's uh, kind of I, I I like some of these ones, especially when you have this new set that they revisit old keywords that we kind of know how it worked, but now they're trying to clarify it with the new mechanics. And this one's about Lady's Bullseye. So um, the question was, I have a sidekick that's been targeted by Lady Bullseye. Her ability is when fielded, double all damage dealt to target opposing character to die until end of turn. Um, it says, I also have a character with three defense. Lady Bullseye has a five attack and overcrush. Lady Bullseye is attacking. I block her with both the sidekick and the character with three defense. Lady Bullseye assigns her five attack to the character with three defense and assigns a remaining two attack to the sidekick. The character with three defense is obviously taking the three assigned and will be KO'd. Um, and then here's the question. But folks are confused how to handle the damage assigned to the sidekick, which also will get the overcrush, and that, that's where the damage is going to double. So the question is, does the sidekick take two damage? Double to four because Lady Bullseye's effect, making Overcrush apply three damage to me, is question mark. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the answer was, this works the same as the ruling. There was a linked ruling to it, and it say you would take three damage. Yeah. So basically, however much damage the character that is selected by Lady Bullseye takes, that amount is da- is doubled. Um, really, Overcrush is the, the main place that you would use that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's pretty simple. It's a really... Really simple rules update. When you assign damage, you assign the damage, and then you apply the effect. Yeah, so. and I actually, I actually like this a little bit because it does highlight a strategy and overcrush. I don't feel like people use that often. Is since you're assigning, if you have double blockers, which if you have an overcrush character, people tend to want to over double block. Remember that you can control how, where the damage goes, so you can do that to maximize your overcrush damage. Could you imagine fielding like two Lady Bullseyes on a turn, and then selecting two different characters, and then attacking and with force an them both of them attack, right? Yeah. And then you just deal an equal amount of damage to both sidekicks, and then do double on both of them. You could have one Lady Bullseye dealing like ten damage in overcrush or something. That'd be crazy. Yep. It's good times. All right, so Dr. J, we will have you back in this full episode. It's going to be a full roundtable episode because there's three of us in this show. <laughs> nice. All right, guys, we are back with Ken Poole and Dr. J. How are you gentlemen doing tonight? Doing well. Um, I hope you guys enjoy their voices because you're hearing them for the full episode. But um, <laughs> what we wanted to do, and the reason you know why you guys are here, is one of the things we talk about this show on this show is to look back at old sets and see how new sets will influence 
and how it will change the way you can play with old cards and how it may affect the meta going forward. So this time we're looking back, of course, with the Deadpool set and seeing how that is going to affect your play and some even old cards that may make a new appearance. Um, so where do you guys want to kick off? Uh, I'll start with one of the kind of drawbacks of this set. There's not a whole lot of ramp. Look, look back at your ramp cards yep. from old sets. Uh, PXG, obviously, it's like the strongest ramp card in the game. But with X-Men, you could really do a lot. There's, there's a lot of X-Men in this set that are pretty good. And there's there's a lot of even, options for even an X doing X Men stuff. Yeah, there's including <laughs> the the best piece of ramp in the game is an X Men, or in, in the set rather is an X Men, and uh, sort of using that with PXG and older X Men sets could be there, there's a lot of potential there. Um, like we've talked about before, there's only one global in this set, and that uh, is one of the drawbacks that. Zach has with the set, <laughs> yeah, because he, he loves his globals. Yeah, oh my he does gosh. not like only one global. I hate playing against him. I've, I, I, I said this to him yesterday when we were playing. I just hate playing against him because he's always got some global that just wrecks me every time. Whether it's you and know, and he also Blink rolls the energy. He needs oh too. my yeah. gosh! Don't even get me started on that. <laughs> but yeah, no globals in this set, which to some people is a drawback. I think it's awesome because I don't like playing globals all that much. I, 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 I like it because I. I hate how many cards there are that the red text is the only thing that matters yeah. on it. And yeah. I, it forces you to focus back on actual card abilities, which I think will help because for a while we were just, it's like, oh, you have that red text, that red text. I mean, that's why that Bizarro was so disruptive. Yeah. Because everybody just had all these red text and, yeah, you know. I, And kind of in that same vein, that could be a thing that limits the overall meta impact of this set is that there's only one global and it's not a very good one uh yeah it's pretty much there's another global that's just like it only better yeah (laughs) (laughs) there's a couple that are just like it for but for a different energy and without the uh the condition right yeah yeah, um, so I, I'm guessing this is you, Dr. J, that put in the notes, bag stuffing is the best thing ever. Oh, it is. Bag stuffing <laughs> is the best thing ever. Before this set came out, there was like one card that did it, and it was my my Killer Frost, which I still think is the best bag stuffing bag stuffer in the game, but there are a lot of really good bag stuffers in this set. There's um, Madam Hydra. There's um, I think there's two Madam Hydras, the rare and the common, I think, both do it. There's Miguel O'Hara. And I think there was There's a Phantom X Phantom X. Yeah. Um, Miguel O'Hare is probably my favorite. He's just whenever someone whenever he KOs a character with combat damage, it goes right back in the bag. I like that because it pairs well with my Killer Frost. And if I attack, I can attack with him and then defend with Killer Frost and everything is going back in the bag. I kind of want to try using the uh, uncommon or common uh, agent Carter. Yeah, the un- or the common one. Get her on the field and then field. The Red Eyes B-Dragon. KO, oh, yeah. KO, KO all the sidekicks and just pack your opponent's bag full of them. <laughs> and the great thing about that is lots of times when you play the Red Eyes, you're waiting for the one-punch win. Yeah. With this, you don't have to do that. You know, you can attack with him, stuff their bag full of sidekicks, and still attack. And even if you don't get lethal, you just wrecked them hard. Yeah, you hurt them their hard. Next, that's the, that was always the, uh, the thing with Red Eyes is their next role is going to be huge. So you really need it to be that one shot kill with agent Carter. It gives you another turn or two 
possibly it and it, it ruins their entire game that plan. Their next role is garbage. They're gonna oh, pull yeah. like three or four yeah. side. I, I mean, we we've talked about this before. I think the one thing that's worse than bad rolls is bad draws. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah. And this guarantees bad draws, and that's what I love about bag stuffing is it it hurts the draw and it always lets you kind of control what's in your opponent's bag. That makes things like Constantine or Lissa Drac or anything where you name a die like Lockjaw makes it so much more valuable because you know what's in there because you just stuffed it in there. So bag stuffing in this set is incredible. I also think a really fun combo, we talked about this a little bit um, before we started recording, is the rare Madam Hydra with Vicious Struggle. Mm -hmm. And it's a Vicious Struggle team where you don't need to bring the it global. Because, so, so, I mean, so the biggest counter to Vicious Struggle team is if you're playing against an opponent who knows how to play the same Vicious Struggle game you are, you brought the same tools for them to do the same thing to you. Yeah, and so the upside to this is even if they buy all your Vicious Struggles, you, you're not guaranteed to lose the game. Yeah, and you, you, can, you can make the Vicious Struggle teams kind of fun again. Yeah, mm -hmm. and Madam Hydra, her ability is when she's fielded, each player either has to put a die in their prep area into their bag or they take three damage. And so you pair that, like two of her with a fabricator, and you just fabricate her every turn and play Vicious Struggle. Like you could, I mean, I played a fun combo with her yesterday, and I won in, once I got her going, the combo going, I won in like five turns or something. I mean, it is really fun and really quick. So I think Vicious Struggle, that would be excellent. Yeah. Um, and like, like I was, yeah, I was saying that there's also, you know, you have your Rare Scarlet Witch, which does that too, and does some food field clearing which i always enjoy she seems fun yeah. i haven't played oh. with her but she seems like a blast believe me dude there's nothing more enjoyable when you feel two of them at the same time and you're like <laughs> you take one damage i take one damage all your characters that are non-fist take one damage and all your fist characters take two damage and then i feel another one you take one damage, I take one damage. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be nasty with like a green goliath or something you take one damage i take one damage your whole field is clear <laughs> Uh, another another thing that like with any comic book set that comes out, I always kind of try and look back at villains, take a look at mm -hmm. the villains. This set is pretty light on them. Like there's not very many, and the ones that there are aren't super good. Hallelujah! It, it, it's it's like <laughs> making that Phantom X even better. Because I, I mean, we're, I know. we were playing no one, in, we were playing we, in a league, and you're like, no, you yeah. don't need villains on your team. Yeah, no one <laughs> wants to put villains on their team. So, so if you draft that uncommon Phantom X, or if you're playing in a, a limited environment, the villains aren't that great, and that uncommon Phantom X gets really strong. What's he do exactly? Uh, he he can cannot be only blocked be blocked by, by villain characters yeah. unless you move a die from your prep area. Oh, the opponent moves a die from the their prep area to their bag for each Phantom X they intend to block. Oh, man. Yeah. <clears throat> I need to start so playing with him. The, the villains that uh, are kind of good in this, I think that the, the Lady Bullseye, where you double the damage, that one has some potential. Um, Madam Hydra has some potential. Modok has some control potential. But all of those I kind of look at as not necessarily like the classic overpowered awesome villain team more as their cards that could do good in unlimited environment and they mm -hmm. just happen to be villains yeah nice. um i i'm i'm the one that i was actually interested in that that's a villain is the angel dust where she gets x x attack and x defense where x is equal to the combined total level of all the characters she's engaged with i'd be really interested to see how that works with kind of overcrush or something see if that is effective yeah uh Gorilla Grodd is a villain, right? Oh, so, yeah. yeah. 
her and Lady Bullseye with on a Gorilla Grodd villain team could be pretty nasty. I also really like that this sets light on villains because my killer Frost specifically doesn't work on villains. (laughs) (laughs) So it makes her much more valuable, this whole set. Yeah, I kind of like that it's light on villains because... Because it's such... The flavor. Yeah, because you you say affiliations, everybody just goes straight to villains. The villains are supposed to lose, and especially when when they ruled, when Justice League came out, that that villain V in DC sets and in the Turtles set is the same as the Hydra logo, that made villains just the biggest, most powerful uh, affiliation in the game. And it's, like, impossible to catch up to that. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of nice to not have them get some massive boost. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. the villain affiliation is way too big right now. And so I feel like they they were almost trying to address that in this set, put in fewer villains so that it doesn't keep getting up there. That villain V symbol is also on the promo Mary Jane which is a Marvel card, which I think is just goofy. I don't know oh, yeah. Spider-Man back history to know why she'd be villain. No, 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 no. she doesn't have it. it. It's oh, in her text oh, box. Oh, it's in her text. Yeah, okay. yeah, I remember, yeah. yeah I They used the wrong villain symbol. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of strange. Um, there's, with the uh, X-Men set, there's also, or with the uh, the X-Men affiliation being so strong in this. I'm, I'm excited first time, to see the rise of the X-Men. For the yeah. first time, I think that we can solidly say, like, there's a look forward with this set. Because there's, <laughs> yeah. well, there's the X-Men first class set coming out uh, early next summer, yeah. late next spring. So, uh, you know, if you, if you find that you like an X-Men team or whatever now that they've got some, some more support you know that they're going to get a lot more support in a few months. And there's a Guardian set coming out, and you can almost guarantee there'll be at least one or two X-Men in that, probably like a Wolverine or yeah. something. Well, I expect and it, and Inhumans will, to be big in that set. Yeah. Yeah. I don't expect X-Men to be real big, but I expect Inhumans to be... That would be, be awesome. I expect Inhumans to be uh, a significant presence. I would like that, because there are only like three Inhumans in this set, yeah. Yeah, and I want three more. And they don't more. really synergize with each other that well. To be <laughs> well <laughs> Black Bolt and Medusa synergize really well. They just sort of open the door for whatever else you have on yeah. the team, but they, yeah. they synergize well because Medusa is the cheapest deadly character in the game or in the set, so... Yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to kind of see that, and hopefully the Guardians will get a good boost, too, which... Yeah, they just, could they could really yeah, use could it. Do that. I know Zach's a fan of Guardian, so I think I think I think that would be awesome because there were some cards in Age of Ultron that would work well with some Guardians, and so I oh, want yeah. to be able to look back at Age of Ultron and be like, oh, now this card is better. I yeah. I could see the Guardian set getting my kids to play some more again because they've. Like, yeah. I think there's a Starhawk they're, they're, they're that becoming boosts Guardians characters, characters or something. Oh, there's a, there's a Starhawk that boosts both Avengers and Guardians. Yeah, and He's so you favorite. get some <laughs> awesome Guardian character in this next set and pair him up with Starhawk. That would be yeah. awesome. Oh, yeah. All right, so I think we've kind of avoided this one, but there is that super rare X-23. How big of an impact do you think that actually might make in the meta? Uh, With Overcrush... With anything to st- stack up the prep area, it can be huge. Uh, I think that it requires a pretty strong game plan, which if your opponent brings PXG, you can all but guarantee you're going to win. If PXG, is, <laughs> PXG is part of their plan. They're going to be using it. And so it gives you that power up. She's kind of a good um, counter to PXG. It's like, I pass you priority. 
I yeah, don't want to use this energy now. I'll, I'll just not use this. Yeah, it's because um, you, you, if you think about it, it's like, okay, um, because because what what I like about it, it gives you as the attacker the choice of what you want to do. If they do PXG, sure, you attack with it. If they don't PXG, okay, pass turn, and then yeah. they just yep. screwed up the two three energy they had yeah, there. There's, some, there's yeah. some there's some strategy to I, it. Now. I could see X twenty three really uh, bringing more attention to probably the all star from the si- Spider Man set that is the rare Mary Jane with her being. Uh, one-sided way, like you don't make overcrush available to your opponent. Mm-hmm. I could see that being her getting a lot bigger with X twenty-three. Uh, and yeah, because like PXG. Oh, oh. I mean, you bring PXG and you're kind of baiting your opponent to use it. And <laughs> if they do, like you can you can hurt them really bad. And if they don't, you still can. You know, if you can PXG on your own turn and then attack with X twenty-three, you can hit so hard. Yeah, and, and I this is. This is the first card I've seen that actually kind of makes the talisman worth it. Yeah, the talisman <laughs> looks like it's talisman. worth a little bit more, right? You just got to get a bunch of sidekicks in the field and then clear their field and attack with her. Yeah, that would be yeah. interesting. Her and her with uh, within set her with lockjaw. I could see Beautiful. that becoming Beautiful. a really really strong combo. She works really well with some morphing teams. jars too. You pay one for him, get him in the field, and then knock them all out with the talisman and then that they've each got two energy symbols on them so oh, you yeah. can get Ooh. a huge huge yeah. attack boost with those yeah because i mean like it's it's crazy you don't even need more than like two or three dice in the prep area and she just starts stacking up big right yeah. you get three dice on a double energy side and that's what two four that's six, six. It, it's per energy symbol yeah it's right? two yeah. per oh symbol. yeah so it's so. 12 yeah. That's, 12, that's 12. That's 12 attack on right t- there. On top of her, what is it? God, it's disgusting. She's five, a 7 on her big yeah, side. Yeah, it's 5, 6, 7. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's yeah. Re- yeah that's just um, crazy. Have, have you guys seen anyone do anything with Lady Deadpool yet? No, I have I, I, I know I there was, there was a lot of talk there, and a lot of chatter yes, when she, they were first revealed her, but I, I think that she's kind of, I think she's a little too expensive. I think that a five cost that you then have to get in the field that you then have to pay for to use the ability. Uh, by that point, you, you probably should have bought two of the action. Yeah, you know? that, that and when you start breaking down the actual text and seeing how it would apply for stuff, because I was super excited to use her on my Ultraman team since I was like, well, energy is not a problem for me. I always have right. a lot of energy on my Ultraman team. I just need something to give me that last extra oomph to just do a one-turn kill. Um and, but then you start looking at her. Her ability does not help Ultraman at all because Ultraman says Kryptonite die, and it's not an actual die. It's the effect of it. So I'm like, oh, yeah. that didn't help me. And I've been looking at other things, and a lot of them have kind of wording like that, which would prohibit me from wanting to use her um, in terms of that. But I don't know. Somebody might be brewing this amazing... Limited thing. wish. Yeah, Limited I, wish. I would like to see someone do something with it because... I, I was definitely one of the people who looked at it when it was first revealed and thought, man, that's going to be really cool. I don't quite know how yet. And at this point, I'm, I'm not convinced that it will be. Uh, Multiple Man, on the other hand, holy crap, Ooh. Mask Ring. Wow. <laughs> Just yeah. if you want to yeah. build a Mask Ring yeah. team, and the, that's a two card win con. Yeah. Really. You mean, only if, need if opponent, two cards. If two your opponent cards doesn't seven have dice. Answers, if, oh. if your opponent doesn't have answers for a ring, and especially a Mask Ring like that, it's it's a two card. Yeah, everything con. else is just icing on the cake. Yeah, and it it opens the the every other slot on the team to make it all utility. 
yeah. just to make everything work better, you know? It's, I, played, I played Zach yesterday, and he had multiple men in the lantern ring. That was a satchel team, bro. I don't know what you're talking what? about. <laughs> and a bunch of icing on the cake. That cake was like half <laughs> yeah. an inch thick, and that had like four inches of frosting <laughs> on top. You only need two cards to make this guy work, and yep. it disgusts me. All right, so anything else with Deadpool before we go? With if, if you want to play with the satchel, look back at Dungeons and Dragons sets. <laughs> 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 it's so fun. <laughs> yeah. All right, All right guys. Um, we'll have we'll have everybody back for our next segment. Where we'll be talking about our hidden gem. Okay, guys, we are back again with Ken Poole and Doctor J. We are now to our hidden gem. And believe me, this one is really hidden because I actually forgot this card existed until somebody <laughs> mentioned it. <laughs> I have never played it. Um, and that is the Vibranium, Vibranium Shield deflecting bullets from uh, Civil, the Civil War set. It is the uncommon three-cost shield, and his ability is continuous with the resistance keyword. When a character you control is, or a character die you control is KO'd, character dice you control get plus two defense until the end of turn. So, um, Dr. J, why would this be considered a hidden gem? So it's actually really good for easy defense for your characters. So a, I think a perfect card that this counters is Lockjaw. So if you have a sidekick in the field or something like that and somebody uses Lockjaw and knocks out one of your sidekicks, boom, all of your other characters just got that damage yeah. that they took or, back. Yeah, or, or that rare storm. Yeah. Um, because that rare storm is just that the problem with the rare storm is you have it, but her defense is like one or two. So lockjaw can knock her out any day. Um, yeah. to, to Diego's chagrin when I did that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so like having this, it, it keeps that one character. It, it actually turns some of these characters that aren't necessarily control characters into that beefy defense side of a control character. Yeah. And there's a lot of characters that are out there that have really, really crummy defense and maybe you want that to, to keep them in. Like the Goblin Attack Force in Yu-Gi-Oh has a one defense on all of its side. Bullseye, Lady Bullseye, they all have one defense on each side. So this is a way to, to bump them up to three so that when they attack, they aren't necessarily getting knocked out. And this one does stack, right? Uh, no, it's a continuous die. So it wouldn't stack. The, the resistance keyword wouldn't stack? Because um, it says when, when a character die you control is KO. I don't know. That's It would get plus two. I, I have never played the card. I'm looking at it kind of for the first I think time. It's, I think it's a static, I so once it triggers, it's triggered for the rest of the round. What resistance has triggered? It'll, resistance well, no, we're, we're talking about, so you have two characters that get KO'd. Do you get a plus four, essentially, to a character, or do you only get plus two? Which is, which is a um, pretty let, good question. Let me read it um, exactly here. I, I would probably say it. It I I'd go for the plus four. I, I think it's that. Yeah, it, it yeah, looks yeah. like it I looks like a stackable ability. I don't know if if resistance as a keyword becomes activated and then it is done, <laughs> like it becomes active or not. I, well, most uh, resistance abilities activate when you something gets KO'd. when something yeah. gets KO'd. So it That's would make kinda, sense. This does yeah. stack, but a lot of them are like so. Baron Zemo. When something gets KO'd, he's unblockable. Well, well yeah. it doesn't if, matter if that stacks. I'm or not. double unblockable. Yeah, if, <laughs> if this stacks, it becomes pretty awesome. Like it's yeah. a really good way to deal with uh, with with any kind of wall up. If there's one big overcrusher, you could, you know, 
KO, like use blue eyes and KO a couple of your sidekicks when you're blocking and buff up your one person defending. Yeah, yeah to, and to this me. works really well with blue eyes. Really, yeah. if you're playing the vibranium shield, blue eyes is the way to go. And if, and if it stacks, you should be playing with uh, Ant Man. Well, with Ant Man or and also with uh, with fabricators. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you do it twice. Oh, you goodness. get you get the buff twice. Yeah. If if it stacks, oh, we really should have looked <laughs> this up before recording. Well, you know, you know it, it also if our resident KO expert wasn't on a plane right now. Yeah, <laughs> that would that would help. That would be great. But you can see how powerful this is because, like, speaking of the Ant Man Global, because I think it's Zaku. Who, who brought this up, and you know how he loves his globals, right? His transfer powers. Oh, absolutely, his, yeah. Ant-Man Global is another one of his favorites, so I can totally see him using this, even with, like, a talisman or something. So KO everything except one character, clear your opponent's field, and then attack with that and flip it when it's, like, ginormous. You know what he would also love to pair this with is the uh, um, Lizard Folk Global, the rare Lizard Folk that says pay a shield and give target character plus two defense. And then you just you knock out all those characters. You give him. I mean, if it stacks, plus two, plus two, plus two, and then use all the shields that he rolls because you roll eight dice and they'll be shields. <laughs> and then you just stack it up and you have lethal. So it'd be wow. really interesting. It sound a little bitter about this. Or you could slap it on, <laughs> or you can just use it on Nitro, buff up his defense. Yeah, and then then you can knock out pretty much anything on the field. Yeah, yeah if you with, if you with Nitro, that's if you do oof. and you bring Blue Eyes, you could knock out a character buff up his defense, knock him out to take out one of their big characters, and yeah. then kind of clear clear those big nasty characters out of their field. Use, using Ant-Man with, like, the Ant-Man Global and Talisman with this, throw on an X-23 and, like, <laughs> buff, buff up her defense by 10 or so before re-rolling all the characters and make it so you're attacking with one character for 900 points of damage. Yeah, and if they <laughs> save, like, three bolts to magic missile her out so she can't go through, well, too bad, because that's not going to phase her. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you, you can kind of see how this is powerful. Um, another thing that we were talking about, too, the reason why this is actually a good hidden gem is it is a continuous action dice, and we've talked about this there's not a lot of reliable action dice removal in this game, like consistent action dice removal too. Well, like I said before, the common Jinzo. Yeah, I think one is card, the, one card. So the you, common Jinzo is going to be a bigger meta card than the rare, I think, going forward. With how many continuous action dice they have, and now with Ken and his satchel, like I'm not going anywhere without my common Jinzo anymore because it removes <laughs> all action dice from the field to the used pile. So, I mean... Hey, but my, my satchel team's hilarious. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's awesome. But I was like, when we were playing yesterday, I was like, I'm going to see a satchel tomorrow. I better take Jinzo. And yeah, there were two satchel Zach's teams satchel there. Team. That was not a satchel <laughs> team. It was a lantern ring team. He's like, I'm not going to bring something meta. Super meta. It was just straight meta. So I'm still bitter. Yeah, the the biggest thing that I see with, uh, with that common Jinzo is it takes out the... Cold Gun, which is such yeah. a tough... But yeah, that, and Imprisoned. So yeah. Cold Gun and Imprisoned, which are two very meta cards mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. So yeah. our hidden gem, yeah. Jinzo. <laughs> Common Jinzo. Yeah. Yeah. We're giving you two for one, two for one. It's the holidays right now. It's sales, yeah. right? Black Friday. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Merry Christmas, guys. <laughs> um, so yeah, like at a three cost, it hits our... That that sweet spot, right? We always right? we call it the action. Yeah, three, the three the sweet yep. spot for the three action. Red dragon by and the great thing is you only need one. Yeah, you don't need to bring more than one die for this card. So you can load up your other characters. You know, yeah, you, you make, make room for your six multiple men. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> He'd probably work really well on a multiple man team. I think the of course, because re- because his problem is getting KO'd. Because yeah, his stats aren't that great. Yeah, I think the only reason that you would buy more than one of these is uh, to get more shields. If for whatever reason that three cost was the best way to get more shields for shield globals. Yeah. yeah. I, I gotta I gotta transfer power for days. All all <laughs> the transfers of all yeah. the power. All right, guys. So this is the vibranium shield. We would love to hear from you guys if you've used this before. Um, uh, you can see that we've had limited experience with it, but we think it actually has a pretty good place that you may want to try using it because. I'm, I'm pretty sure if you brought it against one of us the first time we played against you, you probably would catch us off guard to see how that would work and just totally, you know, you could wreck us. Yeah, show show us uh, how poorly we prepared for this by posting <laughs> up a link to the ruling that says that this doesn't stack. Yeah, I'm going to look at some other cards because I don't, know clear it up right away. I don't know if there's a lot of resistance cards out there that you can use, that, like that could that stack. That even could, yeah, yeah. I, I really don't know. Because I'm like, Superhero Registration Act has one, right? If they yes. can, but it's when you play the dice, so yeah, you no, don't get the chance. Have, that one has enlistment. Enlistment, enlistment. Yeah, they're all kind of when KO. Well, yeah. resistance is when your stuff is KO'd, and enlistment is your opponent's stuff. I'm gonna look at it, and if yeah. if there's no other cards that can stack, I'm gonna rule this. Yeah, stacks. I, I I think it stacks. So. I think it, it stacks reads too. like it stacks to me. Yep. So. All right, so shoot us an email, doubleburst at ktdata.net, or leave it on our Facebook page, facebook.com/slash doubleburst. All right, gentlemen. Um, We'll have you guys back in a second for our last segment. And maybe, you know, it's going to be a year-end recap, so maybe we'll hear Dr. J talk about, you know, some bitterness he may have about things. Yeah, I have bitterness about recap. so much, <laughs> so much bitterness. All right, guys, we are back. Are you guys sick of us yet? But, again, we have Dr. J and Ken Poole. Um, and this is what I, – I think this is what you do when you get older, right? As, as the year comes to an end – you start looking back. And, back when I got in this game, yeah. Age of Ultron was a brand new set and the best one of all. Yeah. When you drew die out of bag on your first turn, it was four, not this three in transition non-trench. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what we wanted to do is kind of do a nice year-end recap and see if all, you know, kind of look back and see if all the things that happened this year. Um, we had, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six different sets come out. Um, from Faerun Under Siege, World's Finest, The Turtles set, Civil Wars, um, Green Arrow, Flash, and Deadpool. Um, it's a fair amount of sets to come out in one year, right? You know, and it's there's not a bad one in there. They're all really solid. Well, Turtles. <laughs> I was, was going to say, can you name me? I was about to. See, Turtles. <laughs> I was about to say. Turtles isn't bad, but it it's uh, it isn't bad as a standalone. It's right, fine yeah. by itself. Uh, it doesn't add a whole lot. Except to that when someone's game. playing with Casey Jones, half the cards are worthless. Well, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got a cool pizza party out of that. Yeah, we did. Yeah, shout yeah. out to Nathan for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so yeah, we we saw this, but unfortunately, there was a little bit of drought between the set releases between uh, what was it, uh, Turtles and or Civil War and Green Arrow Flash during the summer. Where yeah, that was what a three month plus gap. In sense? Yeah. Um, it seemed like forever. Um, that was the worst. Like, I re- just remember every day feeling so bitter because, like, everything felt stale <laughs> well, and there wasn't was, anything new. It, it, oh, it was be- so bad. Between how long it took and how long it felt and the fact that uh, worlds happened in that time and the prevalence of Bard and Vicious Struggle, uh, everything felt like it just got really stale yeah, and, kind and of the, stopped. and the lack of uh new stuff 
made it feel stale and dry. Just it, it dried. It felt like it, the game was drying up before uh, the breath of fresh air that was Green Arrow Flow. Oh, and it was so a amazing. really good breath of fresh air. There was just so much good stuff in Green Arrow Flash that just mixed the pot up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, playing with the new mechanics and stuff, but you kind of mentioned it, and it came with the first set was Faerun Under Sage was the prevalence of Bard just dictated a lot of this year. Um, Not just yeah. the Bard. Elf Thief. Dwarf oh, Wizard, yeah. Yeah. the Golems. I mean, there was a lot in that know. set that found its way into the meta. I have the channel, my inner KO King. He might have like the Golems are good. <laughs> I mean, he was on one of the he was on one of the main Bard teams, right? Like the UK mm, uh, Championship team or something. One of them yeah, had one, a, one, one of them had a clay Golem. So it, yeah, it's kind of roller coaster with all these sets. Um, and I wanted to ask you, what, what, well, I'm not going to ask you, but what, Dr. J, <laughs> what, what, what was your favorite set that came out this year? My favorite set that came out this year, it was, oh, man. Actually, I'm watching you. I, you say it. Say it. <laughs> it, it. It was Deadpool. Yeah, Put the gun down. <laughs> um, but I, I, it's really hard for me to, to decide because all of the sets that came out this year, except for the Turtles, I will go and I'll look at and... Every time I'm putting a team together, I'll go back and I'll look at those. I loved World's Finest because of all the Batman villains. That was my favorite part of it. You could take out all the Superman stuff. Like they, they don't need to be in the oh, set. I had the Bat Family. I love the Bat the Family. The Bat Family is right? really strong. Like there was just a lot of good stuff in yeah. World's Finest. And even the Superman stuff, it's not super effective, but it's fun to play. Like yeah, getting, it, it, getting it, it, Iron it, Will going and stuff like that. That's it's fun. It added something to the game at yeah. least. Civil War was fun too. It had a lot of really cool new abilities. I mean you had the taskmaster that copied keywords. Um it was really fun. Has that vibranium shield that does stack. It's we've decided it stacks. <laughs> <laughs> um but I think Green Arrow Flash was my favorite from this year. I mean it had Killer Frost, which is my all time favorite card. But it also had so much variety. I mean, you had yeah. the, the addition of rod. the the addition of the F to the Freddy for drafting. No, no, foils, <laughs> foils were not an important part of that set. But shiny man, there's for the millionth time, foils don't matter. They don't change oh, they, the card they, at all. They, they matter when you open up your binder and it just like starts reflecting off you, and you're like, ooh, what was I coming <laughs> but, to grab? Ooh, <laughs> without without impacting play, foils became a thing this year yeah, and yeah. first in uh wko uh prize support and then now in, in what seems sets. to be sets going forward i like i haven't heard anything about the next ones that are coming out next year but it seems unless they're just doing two of yeah which would be really weird i also feel like they kind of scaled back the cost on a lot of cards i mean if you look at green arrow flash there were three cards in the whole set that were seven cost or up and it would, two of them were Superman and one of them was Gorilla Grodd. Everything else was cheaper than that. And so I felt like they were trying to make the cards a little bit more affordable. Deadpool, I don't remember a lot of expensive cards in Deadpool. Deadpool, it seemed like they, uh, they stepped up a bit of the fielding costs to make up for yeah. it. And, and they also just provided next to no ramp. <laughs> but also with Deadpool, it seems like the vast majority are forecast. Yeah. There's not a lot of super cheap. And there's also not a lot of expenses. Yeah, well, there's a lot of four and five costs in that set. So, so I feel like they, I mean, before they had 
sets that had like a lot of seven cost characters and we were even trying to like figure out a way to make those playable and now we don't have to worry about that yeah. as much like like I, I i've i'm trying to think through my drafts it used to be like thinking at the beginning of the year i'd always be like okay what's the cheapest character i can pick up and i'm thinking about my last one i don't even think i looked at cost as much as i normally would or focus on when i was drafting right you remember when we were drafting war of light and you'd be like atrocitus larflees anti-monitor there's all these super expensive cards and it's like i don't want to play those now you don't have to worry about it. and that's why i think green arrow flash was my favorite set because i love to draft and it was such a fun draft yeah it's a really really good draft yeah yep. so and then okay one of the so we've, we've kind of talked about the different sets and everything that has come out one of the major impacts that have we we've seen change this year is the evolution of the whiz kids open um like it used to be kind of these, it would be less sites well, and then they'd be 64 the, people or so showing up for each event. The right? first like Dice Masters regional was here at Salt Lake Comic Con, not this year, but last year. Last year. And at that point, they hadn't announced even the formation of the Wiz Kids Open at, at multiple stores or anything like mm-hmm. that. So that event drew a lot of people to our hometown to play in what at the time was the only way to get into nationals and it wasn't until this february that they followed that up with more events yeah and i have to commend um whiz kids for throughout the year not just keeping the same formula actually evolving it and making it actually more accessible to people to show up to these whiz kids opens and participate in them and making sure that each of the stores were kind of ready to go and prepared to have an influx of people although you know it it, it wasn't to the size of 64 you know 50 plus people at an event but it's still probably for some of these stores was a larger turnout than they usually would get yeah and uh all three of us i believe we all traveled to play at a wko at some point this year right yeah i know me and kevin both traveled in the first round mm-hmm. i needed um, that foil pxg man <laughs> <laughs> needed that, foil. Where did, that where wasn't did... in the first round wasn't it uh, what was in the first round i wanted oh i remember i wanted that it was Brown Messiah and I. We were like, oh, man, we, we got to get that full art Guy Gardner. <laughs> yeah. full art Guy Gardner. I think I've played it once, but we wanted it so bad that we're like, let's travel to get this thing. Yeah, and I went. you went to Florida. I went to uh, Modesto, California, and I, was, I played in the second week, which even the WKO itself sort of changed a bit from first week to second week with some uh, growing pains in that first week and then them... Uh, uh, deciding that they were going to ship original prizes and stuff like that. Uh, and then after that first round of WKOs, we ended up getting one here, which was really which cool. Which was awesome. Oh, we got to so meet nice. a whole bunch of new people. People came up. Oh, I mean, yeah. that, was, that was the first time we met Mike, wasn't it? It was either there, that or one of the PDC yeah. things. There was also the, I mean, the PDC, the PDC. was yeah. all yeah. this year Ma- too, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, making Dice Masters a lot more accessible especially for that competitive level that some players may need um i actually enjoyed that now that you know it's kind of crazy to think that happened all in this year and all of us are like eh, we're just waiting for the next round of wko's so we can get it here instead of like travel. <laughs> Figure well, out where am i gonna go stay and where to fly well, and stuff except jared here who went to colorado yeah, a couple, like what a month colorado. ago yep. so you know in in this fresh round of wko's we already have a few guys who traveled again yeah, um, I, I I like that. I do like them actually making it worth your travel too, with some of these prizes that you can only get at WKOs. Yeah, um, yeah, and and making it also 
the side events. Um, I, I don't think a lot of people talk a lot about side events, but I I think that's I don't probably, I don't know why side events yeah. for me was the funnest yeah, that, part that of going to the WKO. Part. I mean, we yeah. played like three or four drafts. We had like a. Um, uh, just a constructed event. I mean, and I got, I won all the, I won all the different prizes that they had offered. And so I just, side events are where yeah, it's at. I, I loved it because it was still competitive, but a little bit more laid back. So you could actually meet the, the person that's sitting across from you and you just chill and joke and you're playing. I mean, yeah, it, it was really fun. I remember meeting a couple of guys who traveled from Texas and it was just, just fun to have a conversation while we're playing our teams against each other that you don't quite get when you're playing in the main event because everybody's like, Let, let's let's zone in. Yeah, that's yeah. something that uh, traveling a little bit, you know, I, I went to California, you went to Florida, we've traveled a little bit, you went to Colorado, and it's not just here, our friends that we see all the time. Dice Masters has a great community. I mm-hmm. mean, you see it oh, online, yeah. you see it in, in the various boards and stuff online. Um, it doesn't have the same impact as like, shaking someone's hand and seeing a friendly smile and being able to just banter back and forth while you're playing a game with someone that that game's essentially the only thing you have in common it's it's a community of really good people around the country as far as we've seen yeah i i mean it, everywhere i've gone i've i felt welcome i didn't feel like hey i'm this outsider going in everybody's like yeah come on come on sit down let's, you know let's play talk strategy stuff like that where i felt like i was here with you guys even though i'm meeting random strangers and we're yeah, just talking. Yeah. yeah, it really is. Uh, it, it was surprising to me that it's not just the familiarity of all of us seeing each other every weekend. It really was. It was like, wow, this game just attracts a certain kind of person, I guess. Yeah. I, my, my favorite was your necromanticer story. That <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dude, yeah. Meeting, meeting someone that I had talked to on Reddit quite a bit, putting, putting a face to a name. I was like, you're you're the guy on Reddit all the time. Cool. Neat. <laughs> was he scared? No. Uh, he actually he was the, so he was toing, and uh, I filled out my team list, and he looked at my my WizKids user ID is Ken of the Dead, and my ID on Reddit is Ken of the Dead six six six. So he was like, Ken of the Dead, are you? You know, you know, are you the guy on Reddit all the I'm time? I'm necromantic. So I was like, dude, like, what is <laughs> up, man? Like, me and you, we have agreed on a lot of things on Reddit. This is really cool. Like, it was really nice that it wasn't someone that I've argued with. <laughs> you know, like, that helped. If it, I, I, I don't think there's anyone on Reddit that I've, like, had any sort of beef with, but that would have just made things awkward. But it was really cool to just meet uh, a dude that I've talked to on Reddit a few times and was super friendly. Yeah. Another great thing about the side events, too, is <clears throat> at least the way they ran it in Greeley, they had Saturday and Sunday. Saturday was all side events. So if you wanted to go and just play in the side events and win those prizes, you could. And it was very, very friendly to casual players. And I know lots of people are sometimes have been put off. Because you, you have the ooh, competitive, competitive, right? Yeah. No, I mean, you come and you play the side events one day, and it's so casual and so fun that when you play in the main event, it almost feels like it doesn't matter because you've already played five or six games of five or six rounds of dice masters. Now you're going and playing in the main event. It it's like, okay, I don't have to win this one. I don't have to be super cutthroat and, and ticked off if I lose because I did way more than that when I came. So if you're a casual player and you think you don't want to go to a WKO, I would, I would say, give it a shot. Because yeah. those side events are very casual and very fun. They also help. They another thing that I think really helped with the side events is they adjusted the pricing structure a little bit. 
in the yeah. the WK the round of WKs <laughs> before Worlds, a uh, like the unlimited quick play side event was I think ten dollars. Yeah. So whereas well, a draft was twelve, and now it's five bucks for the quick play. Yeah. Which yeah. is a lot more reasonable, and it also because at ten dollars compared to twelve dollars, might as would, well do the draft. Why would you not draft and get twelve packs? You know, with uh, at five dollars. Maybe you want to try it, you know, especially if you're doing side events before uh, the day before. Maybe it gives you a chance. Hmm, I'm kind of thinking about it. Maybe I'll try uh, my unlimited team in a, a bit more of a competitive environment before doing the main event. You do really well. You go into the WKO, you do really well there, or you get creamed in side events and you're out five bucks and you go, well, I just, I'm not doing this tomorrow. <laughs> you, know? yeah. you, can kind of, you can adjust your team or scrap it or whatever you want yeah, to do. Exactly. Like, and, and only being $5 instead of 10 is uh, a lot more reasonable way to do all of that. Yep. Yeah. And can I ask any of you guys who are listening to this, if you go to a WKO and you know Dr. J's there, could you just like walk up to him, don't say anything, and just say, Dr. J, you're wrong. And then just walk away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I when I went to Greeley, Colorado, one of the guys, like I I told him I was Doctor J, and he was like, "You don't look like you sound." <laughs> he was like, "Steve kind of does. You don't look like you sound." So now 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 I'm good luck good luck finding me. Like my name is not Doctor J on anything. Like my WizKids ID is not Doctor J. We're making him a my- T-shirt every time he travels. <laughs> there we go. I am Doctor J with like two thumbs <laughs> yeah. pointing at me. Um, yeah. So, okay. Before we kind of go on, is there anything else in this past year you guys want to kind of mention? There was a big turn one change. Yes. The big turn one, which, which is fairly new. We've kind of covered that a lot recently, but that's huge. That's way huge going forward. I think even bigger than that, it's, it's a part of something bigger. It's whiz kids really stepping it up on their rules. Um, on their rules discussions and things like that. I mean, oh, it's yeah. really only been in the last few months, but rules updates have been yeah, very yep. consistent. Basically since Green Arrow and Flash. Yeah, yeah, and I just thought about it. I'm pretty sure this is the year the cards got banned, too. Yeah, I yeah. think it was. Yeah, because they yeah. got they weren't banned until after Favorite Under Siege came out. Um, but, yeah, they. I mean, we get on there, and it's almost weekly now that they're adding new rules and answering questions, and I think that's awesome because before it was like once every two months or something like mm-hmm. that, and we'd just be like, answer my questions, and now it's great. Yeah, the, the WizKids is definitely doing a lot more to support the back end of the game, it seems. Yeah. Also, something else that happened this year was they kind of changed their the structure and how they release sets. So they released oh, the Ninja yeah. Turtle yeah, it's, set. Yeah, it's the, it's the beginning of this kind of there new was, frequency. And then the Doctor Strange the- team pack. So they started this whole... We're going to do team packs and the turtle and, set. And so no more starters. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, they're, do, they're doing well, annual yeah, starters not, now. Not yeah. a starter with every set, rather. Yeah, which is awesome because I, I, hated, <sighs> I hated having to buy all those starters. <laughs> and so I would like them in the team packs to maybe put one or two basic actions in the future. Uh, but I, I think it's an awesome yeah, way yeah. to go. I'm, I'm saving my judgment for when the yeah, first, when when the first annual starters out, yeah. actually come out. Yeah, but I, I, I do see so why they're, they're trying to experiment with this because part of the problem with having starters come out with every set was the basic actions. Mm-hmm. And the problem with that is as new players started coming on, you have this backlog of starter sets you need to buy just to get the basic actions. So they wanted to kind of even that out a little bit so new players have an easier jumping in in point to get and be up to the whatever the yeah. current Yeah, I think that having too is. many yeah. basic actions had kind of hurt the game a little bit initially because there were so many 
And some of them were just so overpowered. And I think they realized we got to scale it back on the basic actions because it's too hard for everyone to get all the basic actions. So I think yeah. that... Speaking of the releases, like they've, they've kind of changed their mindset too um, in terms of how they actually plan for set releases. It used to be... Cause I, I, I got this off a of Reddit AMA that Eric Lang had answered. Um, he said that it used to be they'd plan out the whole year, they'd have that, and then they, they'd just design sets for that whole year. Where now yeah. they're only looking at one or two sets ahead so they can make changes on the fly to help actually facilitate what they're seeing. Yeah, with, yeah. with what they've announced... So far for next year, it seems that they've got, uh, they look about one full set ahead for each IP. Yeah. You know, like one to one and a half. Yeah. So I think one of the big takeaways from this year is that WizKids has really stepped up their game and made this product much better than it was before. You know, they're getting, giving a lot more thought and really putting in the effort when they release sets. That's why I think the last couple sets have been so mm-hmm. good. Yeah. They also, with the way that they release sets, uh, there used to be a collector's box and there's not, there used to be a dice bag and now there's not and a team box and now there's not. And, uh, play mat. the playmat, and now there's not. And they did all of that right before they released Deadpool. <laughs> 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 but, uh, it's kind of cool that there's less of the, Less of the, the kind of stuff the, that, the fringe stuff that yeah. would confuse a new player saying, Do I yeah, need less this, of the, this, and this? the distracting stuff and the stuff that uh, for for those who are like obsessive collectors, there's less that they feel obligated that they need to get. Um, I'm kinda hoping that they come out with that stuff with the starters, like mm-hmm. or an annual playmat even. Ooh, that'd be, what would that'd be, be cool. What would be really cool Ooh. is if they did that and they went cross universe. So they they have some D and D, some DC, and some Marvel all represented on one planet. Yeah, kind of make it like an advent calendar where it's like this is 2017. Yeah, that would be just, awesome. Yeah. Just like where wherever your imagination could take you with all the different IPs that they have, like something an an annual. Uh, Start to go with the annual starters, like an annual playmat, an annual bag, an annual collector's box. I think they would be it would be really cool because those. While I don't think that they needed to come out with every set, it was nice to have them. Yeah, you know. And as they're as they continue to not be released, there's going to be less product in stores for a new player who's just coming into the game to go. Where did you get that? And us who have stuff to point and say yeah. right, over, right there, over there right over there on the shelf and, and the ironic thing is i actually think the team boxes even though i've never bought a team box before no those actually did a good job of introducing people to the actual game because they'd be walking by and they'd see this deck box with a, with a superhero character or a D character on them and they'd ask what's that it's like, what's that for? Yeah, yeah. 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 So you see a box with Batman on it. If you're a big Batman fan, it doesn't matter what game you're playing. You're going to see that and be like, I could put my Yu-Gi-Oh! Magic Pokemon, or My Little Pony game mm-hmm. cards, whatever it is that you yeah. play, yep. in there, and then you're asking about what game it's originally for. Yep, I'm investigating. All right, so last but not least, because I would be remiss to not mention this, 2016 was also the year that seven guys came together and decided to record themselves talking about let's there's be honest eight of us there's eight yeah eight of there's us there's eight of us kevin yeah <laughs> i can okay I can, yeah i can count apparently the irony is i didn't count myself <laughs> i kind of figured that's what it was but so yeah eight of us you know because i'm not gonna lie we'd be talking about dice masters all the time 
even if we weren't recording this, because that's what we do. We, well, when we talk when about Dice Masters when we're not recording now. Yeah, There's well, not an even Usually when we're done it. recording, we pack up, we go out, and we talk in the parking lot for a couple hours. For, about Dice Masters. <laughs> about <laughs> Dice we, Masters. we did that when it was warmer. It's getting a little too cold for yeah, that too now. Cold now yep. So, like, this was, yeah, this was the year. The, the first, this is, I think we're starting six months of the Double Burst podcast. I wanted to thank all of you guys for being crazy enough to follow my idea. I'm like, hey, do you guys want to sit in front of microphones and talk about Dice Masters for, you know, however long? I think you brought it up the first time, and then the rest of us kind of strong-armed you to go with (laughs) it. It was, so are we going to do that podcast or what? Let's uh, let's get on that podcast. So, yeah, I I just got to thank you guys because I appreciate it. And it feels so weird when I don't see you guys for more than, like, two days in a row. I'm like, <laughs> it seems like forever. Yeah. Um, and we also wanted to thank all of you guys at home for listening. Yeah. Like, thanks for, for making this uh, worth it to us to do it. Yeah. It, it's been a, it's been a wild ride and hearing the feedback from you guys that that's, that's, that's probably one of the greatest things because I live in this world in my mind where I'm like, no one's ever going to listen to anything I want to say. But when you guys write in, I'm like, somebody actually heard it. So yeah, it we, lets us know that we're not just talking into the ether. <laughs> yeah, every we, time every time someone posts something that's like encouraging or something, Kevin's always like, guys, check it out. Check it out what this person said. Check out that person said. And we we all love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, we're always posting the different Facebook threads that people mention us or Reddit or whatever, like... If you've ever talked to us, we all know it and we all appreciate <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. it. It makes us all very, very happy to know that uh, people enjoy our show and enjoy our advice and all of it. It's just awesome. Yeah. The crazy shenanigans. So, guys, this was an awesome 2016, and I am looking forward to 2017 because it's going to be even more awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. looking good so far. I'm yeah. excited. And that's it for this episode of the Double Burst Podcast. We would love to hear from you guys. How do you feel about the Vibramian Shield? Uh, did you discover it with us? And what was your favorite thing about 2016? Dice Masters in general. Let us know. Shoot us an email, doubleburst at ktdata.net, or leave it on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash doubleburst. Of course, check out doubleburst.com for past episodes, cool articles, and, you know, just a general place to hang out and where you can talk to us, too. That's at doubleburst.com. Big thanks to Game Heaven Sandy for giving us a place to record. We appreciate it. If you guys live in Utah, check out their store. And if not, check them out online. They have a cool single store at yourgamehaven.com. Of course, thank you all for listening. Like we said in the earlier segment, we all appreciate it. And until next time, my friends, may your dice rolls be ever in your favor. Thank you.